Hey guys, it's Abdul for your good friends over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, for the most part, the holidays, I'll admit it, the holiday seasons are pretty much here. So might as well go and start your holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah, Ramanza shopping, no matter what it is. So might I recommend our good friends over at Leon Tailoring. Get your loved one a nice gift certificate for some good clothes over at Leon Tailoring. They get something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made, no matter what it is, you can find it over at Leon Tailoring. Tell Larry, Norman, Kim, and Judy, Abdul sent you. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, with this holiday season with a lot of us around friends and family, we may notice something a little different about uh, the ones we love or care about the most, and it could be an addiction-related issue. And so join us on the news line, as Jim, we always enjoy talking to about these issues, is Scott Watson, addiction counselor. Scott, my friend, uh, thank you very much for being with us. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, my friend. Thanks for having me, Abdul. Same to you. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started, my friend. Uh, uh, what is it about the, the holiday season that, that can really bring out uh, sort of these addiction-related issues? Well, I think it's a couple of things. One is we tend to spend more time and time with other family members that we don't sometimes see. So people that have substance abuse issues are typically able to you know, hide it, conceal it, lie about it for short periods of time. But during the holidays, we're together on Thanksgiving and maybe people raise an eyebrow and then we're together on Christmas and it uh, is a complete and utter disaster. And so the family in general is aware that, you know what, this isn't just someone celebrating. This is someone who uh, kind of has the pedal to the metal more often than not. Um, so what, what, are, what are some of the signs? Because obviously uh, the holidays bring up bring a lot of issues, uh, whether, it, whether it's depression, uh, whether it's anxiety, and those are uh, more mental health related. How, how do we know if someone may have an addiction-related issue? Well, I would say there are a couple of things. The first thing is most family members have some idea of what normal or good or acceptable is in their family. And so when something strays from that, it's really important that they not ignore that evidence. It is so easy to explain it away or to say, you know what, it's a holiday, it's not that big a deal. When most of the time we can always look back after something jumps the tracks and says, well, you know, Christmas Eve, it wasn't very good, or New Year's Eve, we all went hard, but this person went crazy. And the ability to ignore the evidence sometimes can cost lives or it can cost really valuable time or it can cost freedom if you get arrested or something like that. To answer your question more specifically, Abdul, in the short term, it's all the things, right? Like it's maybe uh, money that is spent or allegedly is spent on one thing. It's the inability to um, pay rent, pay phone bill, buy food, things like that. Uh, it can also be the inability to put gas in the car. It can be someone that, that shows up and their gait is messed up, or maybe they, they smell differently. Maybe their personal hygiene is taking a hit, or maybe they're slurring their words. All those different things, depending upon the substance, um, can certainly be red flags that families need to be aware of. Uh, Scott, how do we know? How do we know uh, a red flag versus just sort of, hey, it's it's you know it's Uncle Abdul. Be that's just how he is. That's a really good question, and it's a really hard answer. What I always say, in addition to not ignoring the evidence, is this. It becomes a problem when it's a problem. So you and I know people that can drink and use some drugs recreationally, and it's really never a problem. And their language doesn't get overly salty, and their political views don't get overly crazy, and the way that they look at my, and talk about minorities and various political issues uh, don't make everybody else in the room want to get up and walk outside on a cold winter's day. But there are those people who are a lot of fun until they're not. 
And when it becomes a problem, it's a problem. And, and, and so that's always my hedge on that question. It becomes a problem when it's a problem. I know people that can drink a whole lot, and they seemingly never have consequences. I know other people that every time they drink, they either end up in jail or in trouble. Scott Watson with us. Uh, Scott is an addiction counselor. So we're talking about uh, sort of addiction issues, particularly uh, at this holiday season. When a lot of us are spending maybe a lot more time with friends and family. We may have noticed something a little, a little odd about their behavior. And so we're just trying to sort of get to maybe the root cause of what that is. Uh, Scott, you, you talk about uh, folks who can you know, drink and maybe use a, a recreational edible and function just fine. Uh, how do we know... Uh, uh, once again, like I said, maybe maybe this is a hard question to answer. How do we know versus uh, someone being sort of uh, functional versus someone being unfunctional but sort of pass themselves off as functional, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that comes back to my earlier issue of just not ignoring the evidence. There are certainly some people who we would never want to use a recreational edible. We, and again, in, in Indiana, that would be illegal, so we would never advocate for that. Having said that, we're also quite aware that marijuana is a substance that is consumed in a variety of forms fairly often. There are some folks we would never want to do it. If you have a DOT safety-sensitive position, you drive a school bus, you drive a truck, um, it's never going to be legal regarding, uh, regardless of what state you're in. You're going to be tested for that. I would also argue that most doctors and nurses probably ought, ought to not be doing this. I want to make sure that the person that does my surgery is as clear-minded as he or she can be. Um, but then it comes down to what's legal and kind of what are the family norms. There are some families where a glass of wine with dinner is completely taboo. And there are other families where they drink a whole lot on all holidays, and everyone gets along, and it's almost never a problem. Scott, also, uh, in addition to that, uh, should uh, if you if you know someone has has an issue or, or, or a problem, uh, perhaps with, uh, particularly with alcohol, because we know alcohol is very prevalent in our society these days, uh, should other folks around them not drink or not have booze available? Great question. What I always say is if you've got somebody that is – early in recovery or is struggling, ask them ahead of time. Hey, I know you've got uh, 40 days sober. Is it going to be super uncomfortable if we have wine with dinner? And make that decision based on what they say. But what I also say is, hey, the entire family does not have a drinking problem necessarily. And so it's not like you have to lock everything up and put everything away when someone that's in recovery comes over. Have that, have that discussion. Uh, I've been in recovery a long, long time, and I had a party at my house last night, and I served wine. I just didn't drink any myself. But it, my guests don't have a problem. So we had red wine, we had white wine, and everyone uh, that wanted to drink drank, and everyone behaved responsibly, and it was a delightful evening, and I felt no pressure to drink. How easy, difficult uh, is it maybe to have those conversations uh, with a friend or loved one? I think most of the people that want to have the conversations are the ones that are afraid, and I think the people that they're having the conversations with that perhaps are in early recovery or, or are concerned about their drinking, they're the ones that are less com that are more comfortable about it. I, I, I think they want to be asked. They want to be included. They want to have a, a voice about that. And so, you know, I think the people that are hesitant to have the conversations are the ones that are perhaps hosting the functions. And what I would say is, 
have the conversation. Way less comfortable to have that conversation a day or two or a week before Christmas than it is to clean up the mess or to stare at each other in that moment of uncomfortability on uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, or any other uh, time that the family gathers together. And I was kind of, uh, this is going to sound really bad, I was kind of joking to say that uh, theoretically it's probably easier to have these conversations around Christmas time because at the least you've got, you've got sort of presence to run interference, whereas opposed to Thanksgiving is just you know food and booze and fights. There you go. Scott Watson with us uh, on the program today. Scott uh, is an addiction counselor, so we're talking about uh, sort of these addiction-related issues uh, around the holiday season, uh, particularly uh, when we're around our friends and our our family and our loved ones. Uh, Scott, what about uh, young people who may have uh, an addiction-related issue? Uh, If you're a parent, how do you address that? Well, the key is to address it, to not ignore it, and to not hope that it's going to get better. Because if someone has a substance use disorder, all of the literature that is considered professional would indicate that left untreated, it's going to get worse. These things rarely right themselves without a little bit of help. And so the good news is, no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad someone's been to treatment, or if, if you're worried about someone and you say, well, you know, they're, they're a college student, that's just the way it goes, or they're in the entertainment industry, they all drink or use, uh, the reality is that's just an excuse. And so what we want to say is, There is help available, and there's help available throughout central Indiana. There are also wonderful treatment centers that are, you know, within a couple of hours' drive um, that we use frequently to put people in. And I would just say get on the solution side because families for so long talk, worry, pray, hope that it's going to get better, and that's fine, but it's probably not on the solution side. And so when there's an issue – Look each other in the face as family members and say, it is our responsibility to get this person help. If they had a leg injury, if they had chest pain, we wouldn't lay around and hope that it gets better. If they had a bad infection, we wouldn't hope that it's going to get better. And certainly, we wouldn't want to continue to allow them to play in the dirt or continue to drink in this case. Get on the solution side. There's help available and you'll be glad you did. You're not going to make it worse. They're not going to get mad and hate you for the rest of their life. They just simply won't. Scott Watson with us. Scott, uh, an addiction counselor. Uh, talk about addiction uh, this holiday season. Scott, um, uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> sometimes uh, someone uh, maybe uh, has a bit too much or indulge in, in vibes a little bit too much, and then you got to uh, take the keys away, and that uh, results in a, in a physical confrontation, unfortunately. Uh, your thoughts on that? Call the police. I mean, a physical confrontation among the family, to me, uh, in my way of being, is completely inappropriate. Uh, If someone has too much to drink and they're at your house, it's your responsibility to take their keys. And if they want to engage in a physical confrontation, that would be no different than if, uh, you know, a stranger wanted to engage in a physical confrontation. I would say that that's never okay. That is never acceptable. And if that's the path that they choose, then they also choose the consequences that come with that. That is a consequence of bad behavior. Uh, Scott, we talked about uh, you know parents with you know children, <clears throat> children and minors. What about uh, say not necessarily the minor has to deal with the parent, but maybe the the old, the younger adult who has to deal with the parent who has an addiction issue? Yeah, that's hard too because it's a role reversal, right? And so. Um, You would hope that you never have to play parent to your parent, but we're not naive enough to think that that's the case. You know, I think it's really important if it's if it's one out of two parents that has a problem to try to get the other parent on board. If it's a single family, 
than to make sure that the siblings are on board. And one of the things that I will talk with families about is if there are three kids and they're on board, there's only one parent in the picture. Where's the safe landing point? In other words, where does he or she go for emotional support and and for someone to say that it is okay or it's going to be okay? Um, And that's really where the focus has to be, because a unified front in going to this person and saying, hey, your behavior on Christmas was way over the moral edge, was way over what we think is okay. It wasn't any better, perhaps a little worse than it was a month ago on Thanksgiving. Uh, and, And when we have a unified front, then it makes it so much easier to get that person help if they don't want help. A lot of times and people. And I don't know how much of this is stigma and how much of this is reality, Abdul, but a lot of people think, well, they're not going to want help. My experience is way more people with substance use want to get help and they have no idea how to or they won't do it because they don't want to look bad in front of the family. And what I would say is, you already look bad in front of the family. Let's get on the solution side. Uh, but I guess my question is, uh, in addition to, like I said, and I think it's really important when you talk about that that unified front. How do you uh, get the the other parent unified when the, when the other when the other parent uh, won't admit that there's a problem? At that point, it's probably best to get a professional interventionist. Um, and, and and there are certainly conversations that we have with that all the time because it's pretty pretty common that we will have you know three out of five or four out of five in the family uh, on the same page and it's it's generally easier to involve a professional if you're thinking you're going to be doing an intervention rather than just uh, you know the family putting someone in treatment and that's where uh, it's best to have a professional there's other times if there's chronic mental illness bipolar disorder schizophrenia if this person has had many treatment exposures if there's a history of homicidality or suicidality those are all times when you would want to use a professional Scott Watson with us for a few more minutes on the program today Scott is an addiction counselor uh actually a very good addiction counselor uh, so we're having our, our annual conversation about how to spot uh, these sort of addiction related issues whether it is alcohol whether 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 it is alcohol or drugs uh to to get your families or or for that matter scott uh someone who may be listening to this conversation right now and says oh my god this is me i need help I screwed that up. I didn't hear the question in that. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, my friend. Uh, no, my question is, uh, what about those folks who, who maybe say, realize, oh, my God, they're listening to our conversation. No, that's me. I have a problem. Uh, I need to get help. Yeah, they're welcome to call my office, or there are a lot of other addiction counselors that are really, really good in central Indiana. There are also community mental health centers that are available. Um, and what I would say is that's a great realization. I, I, it's pretty rare that someone comes to us and says, I think I've got a problem, and we do an assessment, and we find out they don't have a problem, right? So be proud of yourself for that realization. Of course, a lifestyle change like that is going to be scary. It would be like a major surgery would be scary. But what we know is when you make that decision that you're going to get on the solution side, that you're going to take care of yourself, that you're going to really do the right thing, there's tons of help available. Your family is almost always going to support you in ways that will just be um, shattering to you. It'll be so uh, so good and so great, and they will too also be proud of you. And I would say go for it. Uh, the recovered life for people that have substance abuse issues is a wonderful, wonderful life. And it doesn't matter whether this is someone that kind of maybe has uh, is on the edge from a substance use disorder and they're not sure or if someone that everybody in the neighborhood knows so-and-so's got a problem, no matter how bad things have gotten, 
help is available from our office, from lots of other addiction counselors, and from community assets throughout central Indiana. And it's also think important too, Scott, as we get ready to wind down our conversation, let people know that that uh, that uh, getting over addiction issues, it, it's 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 not a twenty four hour process. It, it it takes a while, and sometimes it the uh, I want to say the the fear was like like maybe five or six times to to, to quit uh, if someone has an addiction issue. Yeah, it takes what it takes. Some people get it on the first time. Some people don't get it on the first time. Um, and, and it's just because everybody's different and everybody's disease manifestation is different. It's, it's, it's very similar to maybe an infection or a chronic bad knee. You know, for some people, they need physical therapy. For some people, they need arthroscopic surgery. For some people, they need to have a knee replacement. Uh, that's where a trained professional can look at your situation and recommend a treatment plan that is most likely going to be uh, successful for you. Uh, Scott, final question for you. Uh, what advice uh, could you give to someone uh, who's going to have Christmas this weekend or next weekend or New Year's and it's like, hey, uh, I really need to confront you know, mom, dad, teenager, son, best friend uh, about their issue. What, what is the best advice you could give them? Don't do it on Christmas. Do it ahead of time or do it afterwards. Um, love them. The best ability that you can, the worst thing you can do is appear overly judgmental and ignore the evidence. Uh, and then the best thing you can do is to always be available because when they get to the point when they're desperate, they've got to have somebody that they can call and say, hey, I need help. And if you, through your behavior or through your perceived behavior, and there's a difference there, have made yourself unavailable to them, now they're really in a pickle. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been our good friend, Scott Watson. Scott, an, an addiction counselor, a uh, very good addiction counselor. Scott, my friend, as always, sir, thank you very much uh, for being with us. We appreciate you having uh, these conversations. I know for a lot of folks, they're going to be difficult, uh, but hey, you, you, you struggle through it. You, you work together to get things done. So, Scott, my friend, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, my friend. Abdul, you're a blessing to me and a blessing to our city. Thanks for having me. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.